I'm April West. And I'm Katherine Sigblad. We're both first-time moms who are passionate about following our intuition and not afraid to do things differently. To say we question everything is an understatement. If you find yourself analyzing ingredient labels, searching for holistic alternatives to pharmaceuticals and routine practices, and you're curious about all things baby wearing, bed sharing, and postpartum, you will feel right at home here. In this podcast, we fearlessly confront the pregnancy, birth, and postpartum industries, share our mom hacks, and never stop challenging the status quo. We simplify the approach to motherhood and trust in nature. We are moms off the record. Hey everyone, welcome to Moms Off the Record. This is Catherine. I'm here with April. This is episode eight. We're going to be talking about all things mask wearing. So the first thing you're probably thinking is, what the heck do masks have to do with pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and parenting? And here's what we're going to tell you about that. One of our core tenants at Moms Off the Record, as you know, if you're a follower and a listener, is critical thinking. And so we believe in not just being blind sheep, but we believe in asking why about everything and thinking outside of the box, right? And many of our loyal listeners have told us that they were, quote, forced, and I put that in quotes because nobody can make you do anything with your body, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But they were told that they were forced to wear a mask in either labor or at their prenatal appointments or both. And then those conversations went off into other tangents about how, you know, the dentist office was asking you to wear a mask. And, you know, it, it really got April and me thinking like, we we should record a mask mini, like a mini episode. So we polled you all a couple of weeks ago when we asked how many of you would be interested in this mask mini episode. And 96% of you on Instagram said <laughs> you wanted us to record this. So how could we not? We, of course, as very opinionated moms, have a lot of thoughts and feelings on this. Mm-hmm. And we saw that you all do, too, because you you DM'd us um, with some very fascinating stories. So <laughs> make sure you stick around to the very end of this episode. We're actually going to read you our most fiery, controversial responses around mask wearing that you submitted that we thought were the most entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. April, what do you want to say about that? I'm just excited to get into it. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> For me, the masking, it just seems like such old news that I'm ready to yeah. just not give it life. But it's evident that I'm I'm benefiting from living in a state where it is old news. And it's clear to me that it is very rampant still in other places. So I think we ought to give it the time and space it deserves. Yeah, I think so too. And that's what the listeners want. So let's give it to them. So I want to, before we go into our opinions and some personal anecdotes and just observations we had with mask wearing, why don't we first quickly tell the listeners that we were not always anti-mask or we didn't always walk around, you Mm -hmm. know, not wearing masks. Uh, You and I discussed offline how we both actually did wear masks for the first few months, at least, of the quote, pandemic in uh-huh. 2020. And let's talk about why I think context is really important. Yeah. One, we didn't really know like how serious this whole thing was and what was going on. It was kind of new, right? And there was a, a little bit of social pressure, I think we succumbed to, but we also talked about like the practicality of it. I mean, in yeah. order to just leave your 
your jail cell of a home, right? No matter how beautiful your home <laughs> is, you, you, right? Like mm -hmm. no, yeah. Then no matter how, how much of a sanctuary your home is, if you are in it day in, day out, right? And you're not getting fresh air and sunshine, it becomes like a prison, like a beautiful prison, right? So in order to leave the house and do your your essentials, you you had to wear a mask, right? Back in 2020, you were for, you were kind of forced to wear one if you wanted you to enter the grocery store, right? So right. you do have to pick and choose your battles. But um, I'm just going to tell you my turning point, and then I want to hear yours when you realize like the charade was really over. For me, you know, Eric and I met online first, thanks to Tinder, in April of 2020. And we were FaceTiming every single day. I actually have a Medium article. I wrote about this if you just Google uh, my name. Yeah. So if you Google Catherine Sigblad, it should pop up on Medium. It's a public article. I, I wrote a blog post about how my husband and I met during the you know world lockdown in another country. It's pretty wild. And then we got married and engaged in the honeymoon all, all in the same year. So if you haven't read it, go read it. But, but that's neither here nor it. there. <laughs> so, I, this yeah, is you need to. Be. You have to read it later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, sometimes I forget it's online, but it's still there. So if you want to know our story, but the reason it's important is in Sweden, which is where my husband's from. Um, interestingly enough, they never recommended masking. And wow. Swedes, yeah, and Swedes being a socialist country, there they really do listen to whatever the government says. They don't really push back or ask questions. So um, they never masked and. My husband and I were not able to meet in Sweden at first. So we met up in Turkey of all places. There was only like four countries in the whole world oh. where both an EU and a US citizen could meet in person. So we met in Turkey. And again, this was after daily FaceTimes, hours on end, um, yeah. every single day for four months. Okay. It's so, funny. I'm going to pause you yeah, because yeah, yeah. I was going through yoga training with your mom during this time where you were oh, meeting yeah. Eric. And she was terrified. She's like, Katie's going to go over to overseas. She's going to meet this man that she met on Tinder. And we were all like jaw drop. Like this girl sounds bold as hell. It's so and she funny. also sounds a little reckless. And right. I know. So to hear That's... that it's turned out into this like beautiful family is just amazing. Okay. Continue. That's so funny. I know. And now like they're, they're like best friends. Okay. I know. But yeah. that is so hilarious. It does sound crazy from the outside mm -hmm. looking in. I can acknowledge that too. So we met in Turkey, right? And I mentioned this because, right, of course, you have to wear the mask on the plane. This was in August of 2020, you guys. So I get off the plane and I have a mask outside. When I look back, of course, I'm cringing on that. But mm -hmm. um, I would never do that now. But again, this was 2020. And Eric was, you know, he was there at the airport. We And then all of a sudden I saw, okay, now some people aren't wearing masks. So I took mine off. Anyway, Eight days pass in Turkey, and we're really not wearing our masks um, unless we absolutely have to. So, like, maybe, I don't know, 20 25% of the time we are. Okay. And then once I realized, like, he wasn't wearing a mask at all in Sweden, I was like, okay. I, I really started to – it opened my eyes. I was questioning a lot more. And then I was like, well, we're told this thing is so deadly and contagious. And I was like, but people are still going about their lives in some countries mm, without masking at all. That was like my peak like questioning moment. And from then on out, I realized, um, okay, well, I feel fine. I'm a healthy person. Um, so I'm still not masking and nothing's happening to me. I already know what the other side, so to say, is going to reply to all of that, all the usual rebuttals. But 
that that's a whole other conversation. My wake up moment, the point is, was in the summer of 2020. Just one more thing. And then April, I want to go to you when you woke up, so to say. So I was in Sweden for exactly 89 days because 90 days is the max you can be there on an <laughs> ESTA visa. So I know it's 89 days. And that's where we got married in October of 2020. And I'm not kidding. Wow. The, the Literally, the only time, no exaggeration, I wore a mask when I was in Sweden was the flight from America to Sweden going there and the return flight. Otherwise, I didn't wear a single mask. That was really, aside from- Wow, in my August other of 2020, wait. That yes. was like, that was high times. Yes, that was high times. And so I saw, you know, all my friends were like, you know, wearing a mask or sometimes even two masks, wearing masks outdoors. And here I was indoors, outdoors. I was in bars, restaurants, shopping malls. Were they doing any stations. social distancing back then? Or over there, it, I should say. Funny enough, yes. But we all know what a joke that is, too. Let me tell you right. the stupidest so social distancing rule real quick. We were in a, um, a bar. This was in maybe September of 2020, okay? And I, I'm I'm not even kidding. It, first of all, if you're listening to this story and you think that this makes sense, I, I don't know. You might be living in another universe than we are. Okay. So <laughs> we're, we're in a bar and everyone's dancing. There's music. It's one of those bars. All right. And so there's like, there's bar stools at the bar. Some people are sitting, having their drinks where we want to dance. We're having a good time. And then there's some tables. The server came by our table and said, I'm not kidding. Okay. And it wasn't a language barrier. He spoke fluent English. If you want to dance, you have to dance while sitting because if you dance while standing, you're no longer social distancing. So we, I actually asked for clarification. I was really curious. Could you show me how you dance while sitting? And he said, yeah, I would have sure. loved to know you then. Yeah, but he, but he said it with a straight face. You know, He didn't really catch on to my dry humor. He said yeah. it with a straight face. He's like, so, you know, just take a seat on the bar stool and you can dance from your from your torso. Gyrate. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, you know, okay. So just mo moving my arms, that's okay? Yeah. But, but I said, wouldn't it be essentially the same thing if I wasn't on a stool? I was standing in place and then I was still like, you know, shaking my butt. He said, no, it's, that's not yeah. social distancing. So when those moments happened, I realized we are really screwed. Like as a we society, we're yeah. really lost. Um, and that's when I stopped taking the masking so seriously. And and ever since the fall of, I'd say, or summer fall of 2020, I really, um, I thought masks were an absolute complete joke. Nowadays, I will only wear them if I have to on a plane, which I don't even think no, you do anymore. No, yes. Okay, so I will stop and I, I do not voluntarily wear them. And in fact, I'll tell a story later where I, I don't, e I usually don't even wear them I can't even think of a time where I would wear them if asked, including at the hospital. And I have a few stories on that in a bit. But enough about me. Let's take a pause <laughs> on that. April, I want to hear what was your wake up call moment with masking? Oh, God, I don't know if I have a wake up call like you. So dial it back to tw late 2019. The pandemic for me is what really launched me into this scratch my head question everything. Right. So I was I've grown to be very compliant. I was raised that way. Um, I was a straight A student, right? Like I just wanted to do right. I wanted to pass the test and I want everybody to know that I'm a good apple. Like that was, that was my personality. So when the masking started, I remember I was still in Fort Myers at the time. I wanted to go to the grocery store and 
my thought was I'm doing the kind thing, right? I'm not only protecting myself, but I'm protecting others. Like I really bought into that. That was a part of my essence. So I wouldn't, I would go to the grocery store all the time and I had a cloth mask. Spoiler alert, I did not wash that cloth mask one time in the like, <laughs> what, two years that I wore it? Fucking gross. But anyway, um, I didn't, I didn't think it was an issue. And in fact, I remember when I would see people early on in the grocery store without it, I would judge them hardcore. Like I would throw my eye darts at them. So Same. it's just funny to me that now I'm on this other side. And I think what was also a very interesting experiment was when the vaccine started to roll out, right? Because you become so accustomed to wearing masks because you're good and you're compliant and you're not hurting people. So then you're judging the people who are not wearing the mask, right? You're like, ew, those people are rude and they're harmful and hateful people. Then the vaccine rollout happens and you see this paradigm shift with masking because now the vaccinated people are allowed to unmask. So there was this moment where you go from judging the ma unmasked to now judging the mask because, oh, you're the, you're the worst kind because you're not vaccinated. So you have to wear a mask, right? Do you remember how kind of crazy wow. that shift was? I forgot about that until you just brought it up now. And that is such a good point. Also, way to bring private issues such as whether or not someone is vaccinated to a very, uh -huh. in, in a very public way. You see that when, that was by right? design, perhaps? Absolutely. Social that was compliance? so by design. Social mm -hmm. compliance. It's such, now it's such a virtue signal. Well, especially right. fast forward to now. It's such a virtue signal to wear a mask or even two masks. Oh, I'm such a good person. I'm yeah. wearing my double masks outdoors in nature, even though I'm 50 feet away from any human being. Or look at me. I'm wearing a mask in my car by myself. In your car. Oh, my God. In my car. Those now, to people, some people. Yeah, oh, that will just drive me nuts. I'm like, you're in your car by yourself. Give yourself a, your windows are up. Like, give yourself a break. <laughs> give yourself a break. And the only thing I can think of is like, oh, if they work for Uber, or a lift and that that's their policy they're quote forcing them oh yeah. okay fine at least that's some sort of justification even though i i still wouldn't personally but if you don't work for uber or lift and you're still wearing the mask by yourself in the car i i really am curious i would love to interview one of these people on the pod actually if you're open to it and ask them can you oh God, can yeah. you walk me through your science right you and know so there's a few things so yeah, I, I was a socially compliant suspect, right? Like it, that was me. I did it. I did it for a long time. And then when the vaccine rollout started happening and people were unmasking, I kind of like look around and I'm like, mm, nobody's going to know if I'm vaccinated. I don't want to wear this dirty, stinky thing. So then I stopped wearing it. And then I remember being criticized by a friend who... I haven't spoken to in a long time, so I don't know where our friendship stands, to be honest. But I remember her kind of pointing that out to me of like, that's really gross that you would be unmasked and unbaxed. Like you're taking wow. advantage of that rule, right? It's an unspoken wow. rule, you know. So that was interesting. But then at that point, I was like, screw it. Nobody's going to know if I'm vaccinated or not. I'm not wearing this thing. And that's when it stopped, except for going to the airport and yeah. I lived in Florida and then we moved to Georgia. So both are pretty relaxed with the whole social distancing and, and the masking thing. So Hunter and I got married in October of 21. So, right. 
so we have been a year plus in Georgia, like free as a bird, unvaccinated, unmasked, doing our own thing. Places are opening up. It's great. But we decide to elope in the Redwoods. So that requires us to go to California. And we also stayed in Oregon because we we had like a kind of dual destination uh, wedding there. So we fly into Brookings, Oregon, which is super South Oregon. And so when I eloped, it was Hunter and I, his mom, his two sisters and their husbands and my dad and his girlfriend. So 10 of us, whatever that number is. We go in, my dad's from California, by the way, and he's like the most radical, conservative, Republican dude, like, you know, anyway. So we all go into a restaurant, unmasked, and you would have thought we were lepers. Immediately, we walk into the restaurant because I'm like, hey, we're we're getting married tomorrow. We'd love to have a family dinner, whatever. And they kicked us out. The I was lady, say, you <laughs> the got lady, death glares, I bet. We got tons of death glares. Everybody in the restaurant, which is another stupid thing because you walk into the restaurant with the mask and then you sit yeah. down at your table and COVID can't get you. So we were immediately <laughs> kicked out because they were like, excuse me, excuse me, you need a mask. And we're like, okay, okay give us a moment. She's like, no, you have, to, you have to leave. You have to get out now. And we didn't even have the opportunity to go outside, put a mask on and come back in. Oh my god. She gosh. just saw that we were like, terrorists and said we're not allowed in that restaurant so that was crazy i do i i always do want to ask those people though and again i i do feel for people who work at restaurants they have to that is their source of employment and like they think like you and i do but they are forced to comply and they're forced to tell people these rules but she doesn't strike that that person strikes me as the mask police right i Mm -hmm. i would love to ask them like what do you think happens when people open their mouths to chew and swallow their food and put a bite of food in their mouth do you think that's when COVID stops spreading right i think this is a good time to kind of chat about like the how ludicrous the whole masking policy really is, right? Because yes. of that, there's like these weird rules. There there was the whole thing with Fauci, right? When he said yes. in February of 2020, he is on the record saying masks don't work, right? He said mm-hmm. they don't prevent anything from spreading. To walk around in public with a mask is silly. It's not effective, right? Then the CDC changes the guidelines in March around masking. And now all of a sudden he flips the script doesn't even admit he was wrong, just says, oh, no, this is this is important. You're you're here to protect other people. When you think about what PPE is, personal protective equipment, it's to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. So for us to judge others to say, oh, you're so selfish, you're so hateful, not wearing a mask, you're hurting other people. What the fuck? How does that make any sense? This thing is for me. Yeah. So I thought Uh, that was a hundred percent. No, I think it's good. I mean. If if anyone has done research on Fauci, he is a classic flip-flopper. He says one thing, he does a 180 the next week. And instead of saying like, oh, hey, wait, d- didn't you like say the opposite a week ago? There's yeah. some people who, you know, they bow down to him. That's their God because it's comforting to feel like the government protects you and you don't have to think for yourself. And and um, they don't ask, instead of asking, well, why did you just change your mind? Or like, where where's your new science? They just go along with it. And I think that that's also a good segue into, I just want to read a couple snippets from 
this free press article that came out oh, at the yeah. end of February. Yeah, the, the title is The Real Science on Masks, They Make No Difference. I love the free press. So it's by Barry Weiss, uh, formerly of Common Sense. And she used to work at the New York Times. And I think she does a really good job. She and her team of a true independent reporting. So let me just read a couple of excerpts from this article. It starts off by saying, quote, we now have the most authoritative estimate of the value provided by wearing masks during the pandemic approximately zero. <laughs> the most rigorous and extensive review of the scientific literature concludes that neither surgical masks nor N95 masks have been shown to make a difference in reducing the spread of COVID-19 and yeah. other respiratory illnesses, right? Um, <laughs> let's, and I'm just let's, gonna... <laughs> let's break that down because let's first of all, down. there's a few things that I, I want to just point out how crazy this whole time was. Yeah. So we had cloth masks, we had N95, we had a shortage of those for a while, and we had the paper masks, we had, I remember seeing a lady on an airplane, I'm not kidding you, her yeah. mask was, um, I can't describe the material, but it was uh, bedazzled, right? Oh and it was gosh. completely sheer. It was like sheer, 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 and like just mesh. bedazzled, right? And she wore it, like, obviously she's an anti-masker, but she wore it on the airplane. And nobody batted an eye. Got nobody said, it. excuse me, lady, are you kidding me? Right? Like, that's, that's how stupid, stupid this. We're on an airplane with recirculated air. So you think that people would have high standards of masking. Right. Nope. You can just wear a pantyhose with some bedazzled jewels on it over your face and you're fine. Did you remember ever seeing a man wear a thong on his face as a mask? That's hilarious. That, that was a like Florida man. From the Babylon Bee. That was a Florida. That was a Florida man. I'm, I'm did he get away you. with it? Was yeah, he allowed to eat at the did. restaurant? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> because it's some. It's something on your face. And well, that's how you know far away we've gotten from critical thinking and using common sense. I, I think that's a great metaphor for it. You know, is like you can you can walk around with a thong on your face, and someone can call it a mask, even though we all know it's a thong. We all know that air can go yeah. around the strings of a thong, right? Yeah. Or Hopefully, you're we know your that. mask as a diaper on your chin, or you know, <laughs> it's like. We're just doing we, it to do it because the, we have to go grocery shopping, but we know how stupid yeah. it is. Well, er Eric and I had a little, we had many inside jokes that we formed when we were in Turkey for that week. But one of them was, um, we called it the the elbow diapers because all the guys in Turkey would yes. wear their mask around their elbow <laughs> and some even around their knee. And we're like, wow, that's oh. so like creative. Like uh, that trend hasn't come to America yet, but now we have new trends. Now it is. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do three more super quick paragraphs from this, just so that, okay. you know, this, this is not just like our opinions, but from the gold standard for medical evidence, in case there's any naysayers out there listening right now, let's talk about what the gold standard for medical evidence, meaning Cochrane, from, formerly from the Cochrane I Collaboration. I yeah. Yes. The whole, it was a meta-analysis of all the studies yes. done. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's read that off for the listeners. So, um, basically, it says here, quote, the gold standard for medical evidence is the randomized clinical trial and the gold standard for analyzing this evidence is Cochrane, okay? So the world's largest and most respected organization for evaluating health interventions. Funded mm, in part by, yeah, nonprofit, funded in part by the National Institutes of Health and other nations' health agencies. It's an international network of reviewers and it's based in London and it has partnerships with The Who and Wikipedia. 
Medical journals have hailed it for being, quote, the best single resource for methodologic research and for being, quote, recognized worldwide as the highest standard in evidence-based healthcare. The reason I'm um, prefacing all this is if you are in the healthcare space and you still are gung-ho for masking, take it from Cochrane. Let's see what they have to say, okay? It has published a new Cochrane review of the literature on masks, including trials during the COVID-19 pandemic in hospitals and in community settings. The trials compared outcomes of wearing surgical masks versus wearing no masks and also wearing surgical masks versus N95 masks. The review conducted by a dozen researchers from six countries concludes, ready for this? That wearing any kind of face covering, quote, probably makes little or no difference, end quote, in reducing the spread of respiratory illness. Okay, next quick thing. Mm -hmm. It may seem intuitive that masks must do something, but even if they do trap droplets from coughs or sneezes, the reason that surgeons wear masks, and I want to talk about that because my dad's mm -hmm. a surgeon and I asked him about this, they oh, yeah. still, yeah, they still allow tiny viruses to spread by aerosol, even when worn correctly. And it's unrealistic to expect most people to do so, especially little children. We have to ask ourselves, oh my God. what are what are parents bribing their little kids to do or to say in exchange for keeping a mask on their face? Okay. So then mm -hmm. while, while a mask may keep out some pathogens, its inner surface can also trap concentrations of pathogens that are then breathed back into the lungs. Duh. That's just common sense, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Common sense was, uh, there was very little of it during this whole crazy time. I think that we all got caught up in trying to do the right thing because we do. I think most people inherently want to do the right thing. And there was a shitload of pressure on people to mask up. We were also just slammed with how scary and dangerous and deadly this virus was. So we were all just like, oh shit. And I know for me, I've never lived through anything similar to this. Like in yes. no previous generation have I seen something like this? So I was like, yeah, I'm going to mask up. And then you just start to realize like, uh, this is crazy. And now you're like, uh, people are still doing this. I can't believe it. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. nowadays, like if, if people are still masking in 2023, I am convinced it is either a virtue signal or a, a neuroses or if they're doing it because they're, you know, their job is still forcing them like at the hospital and they're not a surgeon, you know, if you are like a pediatric occupational therapist, you're still doing it. I get it. You're doing it because you have to keep your job. And I'm sure right. there's many of you who by choice would not do it. We feel for you. Trust me. But mm -hmm. if you have the option and you're still masking, and especially if you're masking outside or you're double masking, you're masking in a car by yourself this, it, it might actually not require another mask or booster. It might require some therapy. And I say right. that in all seriousness. Yeah. So I let's do. talk about how crazy too it was. And I, I experienced this even in pregnancy just what months ago where I was going to see my backup OB and every single time I went in there, they would say, do you have a mask? And I would be like, <laughs> no. And then they would hand me one. And then you go sit in the waiting room and every single person in the waiting room either has it off or has it over their chin, like not above yep. their mouth. So I'm like, okay, I'll take your paper mask. I will put it on in front of you. I'll hang it on my ear. Mm -hmm. 
and go sit down and then unhang it from my ear. Like that's how stupid this stuff was. Even yes. still. Mm -hmm. yes. And women were being asked to labor. Can we, just give, can we just give like all the moms who had babies during the pandemic a shout out? Yeah. Like bless your heart that you had to go you had to go do it by yourself. You couldn't have friends or family in the room with you, except for one. Uh, you had to wear a mask during labor. Like, just shout out to the moms who had to endure that. Yep. I think it is that is obstetric abuse to tell a laboring woman that she has to wear a mask. That is straight up abuse. If you did that to a patient, shame on you. Shame on you. And also, we got a ton of responses on our Instagram of moms who said that they had to do that. So yeah, shout out to you for enduring that. God bless you. Yeah, God <laughs> bless you. And stay tuned at the very, very end before we officially wrap up. We are going to read some of the wildest responses that we received. Unfortunately, yeah, we were we were saddened to learn, though, that most of you were forced to wear a mask in labor, which is ludicrous. Crazy. Tell me what your dad said. Okay. So for context, everyone out there, my dad is a cardiothoracic and vascular surgeon. This is a very niche type of surgeon. He only receives referrals, well, primarily receives referrals from cardiologists. Mm -hmm. He has been doing this for over three decades. He did 18 years of schooling, so including residency, oh. fellowships, 18 years after graduating from med school. So Holy he didn't even crap. start with a practice, right, until he was about 36 years old. My dad is going to be 64 in April, so you can do the math there. I give this context because, you know, my dad isn't like fresh out of med school, okay? He's been doing this for quite some time, and he's he's a surgeon. He's not just a doctor. I'm not saying it to be like braggadocious. I'm just yeah. saying because back back in the day, it really was primarily just surgeons doing operations who were the mask wearers, not the patients, not the office managers at dental practices, okay? So <laughs> I asked my dad, now I asked my dad um, just his observations, thoughts, and opinions, and also what he was told in school about why surgeons wear masks and the mm. function that masks are supposed to serve. And I wrote okay. down some notes as he was telling me verbatim, okay? So he said it was thought back in the day in case as a surgeon, if you sneeze or cough, for, for example, while operating on your patient, you obviously don't want to sneeze inside an open patient, right? So right. that's what they were taught, why they're wearing masks. Now, back in the day, I'm talking about 80s, 90s, maybe even early aughts, most surgeries, most operations were considered open. Now there's way more non-invasive operations, right. right? So that yeah. could change things. But that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, even April and I can admit as yeah. anti-maskers, of course, we can admit you don't want someone sneezing into your open body, right? I don't want right. I don't want an OB sneezing into my open, you know, belly during the C-section, all right? So here's what else he said. Uh, just a, an interesting side note, in orthopedic surgery, like for total joint replacements, the orthopedic team will wear a helmet. So if you know an orthopedic what? surgeon, they'll wear actually a helmet and it kind of looks like a spacesuit. Yeah, it, it oh, looks yeah. like you're walking on the moon. And it's because they're so conscientious about not getting the joint infected. Okay, interesting. Now, um, opinion from my dad, okay? He said this, and I'm going to say this too. My dad 
my dad and my mom are both very strong critical thinkers. They, mm. They're always asking questions. But I think my dad, especially being, you know, math and science, biology, uh, nerd, all that, he's always been a critical thinker his whole life. So mm. he said, when we exhale as people, he doesn't care if he's wearing a mask or not, right? Instead of going, instead of the air that you exhale going straight out the front, it's going to just go out of the sides of your mask. Think about it. Yeah. So can you really say that the mask accomplished anything? And the reason it's interesting is it, it shouldn't take a rocket scientist or a cardiothoracic and vascular surgeon to figure that brain buster out, right? The air is going to go out the sides of your mask. So apply the same principle. If you're wearing a mask, you are th therefore then sucking in air, right? You're inhaling air from the sides of the mask instead of the front. So how can you really say that the mask is either protecting you or the other person from either of you or yourself? <clears throat> right. Okay. So let's put our tinfoil hats on for just a second. Because here's what I think this whole thing was. Remember we talked about the Milgram experiment? I don't yes. remember what episode that was, but we talked about Vaccine. it. Vaccine. Yeah, that's right. I think that this was a social test of compliance, despite what you think about the genesis of the COVID virus, right? Whether it came from a lab or whatever you believe. My thoughts are that it was from the lab. <laughs> and right. I think that the mask was a way for government overreach to test its efficacy to say, all right, if we tell the people what to do, how compliant will the people be? And I think that yes. this was a, a massive test to say, oh, shit, when the government tells you something married with like something really scary to get you, you know, on your heels, that for the most part, we're going to have great compliance. Would you agree? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That is such a valid point. It's, and I think it's even more than that too. It's, it's kind of dark and disturbing, but I think it could have been an intentional effort to divide us more because think about yeah. it, the mask, it, it's like a badge. It's like wearing a badge of honor. It is almost like the ultimate virtue signal aside from posting a selfie of yourself, bragging about you getting your second booster. Aside from that virtue signal, wearing a mask or even wearing two masks is like, I am an even better person than the person mm -hmm. wearing a single mask. I, I am you, more I've, selfless. I felt it. Right? That's exactly how I felt in the early days, right? Yes. Well, me too. I was like, I'm going to be a do-gooder. I'm a good Samaritan. I'm not selfish, right? Like, right. And also, you don't, you don't want the negative attention on you. Like, I'm, I don't want to no. be the only person not wearing a mask. Now, it's the opposite. I'm like, no, I want to proudly not wear that facial diaper. Mm -hmm. I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, there's, um, I want us to talk about, I feel like there was something else. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about a couple anecdotes. I'm sure you might have a couple quick ones, too. I know you mentioned your your airline experiences and also your OB. So mm -hmm. there's a story I have just on Common Sense real quick. It doesn't have to do with the medical environment yet. We'll get to that. So first, this was, wow, this was actually March of 2022. Okay, and I was getting a mani-pedi here in St. Pete. It was like a cleaner, like more non-toxic place to get a mani-pedi. I will never, ever, ever step foot inside this place again. I'm not that cruel, so like I won't name the establishment, okay? Wow. But it is a chain in Florida. <laughs> okay, so 
if you can believe it, they still had their own mask policy in March of 2022. Like, so almost two years after this, this whole uh, charade began. You mean for the staff or for the people, the patrons? Well, here's the irony. It was for everyone. But the one person telling me that in order to get my mani-pedi, I had to put on a mask um, was the one person who I saw in the back was chugging a Mountain Dew while her facial diaper was around her chin. But then when she heard the bell ding dong of me opening the door and she she saw I saw her, she pulled up her mm. her chin mask to her mouth. Mm-hmm. And she was also having snacks in the back. Okay, so... I check into the nail salon and I already knew in my head that if they were going to quote force me to put on a mask, I was going to leave right then and there. I was prepared to leave and knock at my mani petty. I was fine with that. I wanted to just, I wanted to practice living in authenticity and staying true to my values. So I check in for the nail appointment instead of saying, Hey, how are you? Welcome to blah, blah salon. Like, mm-hmm. what's your name? Can we get you checked in? This is how I was greeted. Guys, this was March, 2022. Hi, please put on your mask. I said, um, oh, I actually don't have one, right? So we were going to start kind of low key and nice yeah. with, with the banter. I, so I started off with like, I actually don't have one, but I'm checking in for my Manny Petty appointment. You know, I'm Catherine yeah. here for 11 a.m., right? Then she goes, oh, honey, if you don't have one, then we're going to have to give one to you. I said, no, that's okay. So I, I've tried a few different tactics, right? Sometimes I will just say, you know, I actually have really sensitive skin, which is true. It's not a lie. I have really sensitive skin on my face. And I try to wear very little to no makeup for that reason. Yeah. And I'm very yeah. conscientious. And a mask, oh. like, really makes my skin react. So I said, actually, like, I have a facial condition that prevents me from wearing one. She said, no problem. I'm going to have to ask you, honey, then, to wear this. I- I'm not kidding. It was like a ski mask, like one of those plastic shield facial mask. Oh, and yeah. I never was one to wear the, no. the shield. Like, and I saw those people on the planes. So I, I thought, you know, it's probably a severe OCD or something going on there, but I wasn't going to wear the ski mask and especially not to get a mani-pedi. And there's a little bit of background story here too. That's important to the story I'm going to share. When I was at that nail salon about three weeks prior for a mani, I was, or a, a mani and a pedi, I was sitting in the pedicure chair. There was a couple next to me and they were the only couple not wearing a mask the entire time. Were and you I wearing was, a mask that three weeks I, ago? I, I did, actually, because I, wa- wow, I think I wasn't in the mood for the confrontation at that point. I know. And I was kind of like, I was working on just being like, I'm I'm going to put my foot down more. So, yeah. yes, admittedly, I did wear the mask. And then I huh. said, no more. Like, th- this is it. I am I am done following along with the BS. So I thought to myself, okay, why don't they have to wear a mask the entire time? And they're talking and all that. Why do I have to? So I actually said to the manager, by the way, this was like the manager working there. And Mm. I said to her, I said, just so you're, I I said, I laughed. I I chuckled. I said, there's no way I'm going to be wearing that facial shield. And, And I said, just so you're aware, last time I was here, there was a couple sitting next to me that didn't have a mask the whole time. And you you all seem to be fine with that. Keep in mind, I'm not cursing. I'm not raising my voice. We're just having a very um, civil interaction, a a civil disagreement, right? Which you can, Mm. which you can do. Mm -hmm. She was getting very flustered because her excuses weren't working. Yeah. So she she, was probably just trying to, you know, the rules of the rules. She was just, you know, I know I, I feel for those. I feel for those. But mm-hmm. she was the manager. But he- here's the thing. You got me at facial shield, right? With, with just the plastic shield, because that's almost to me, it's worse than the mask. It, there's so much air that can go around the facial shield. So I tried to say that. I said, you know, 
I said two things. One, which was true at the time, the CDC actually said that you don't need to mask anymore. So I, I, I told her, I said, I'm following the science and you guys oh, should wow, update your policy. Trying, wow, you yeah. tried it all. But I also said to her, I said, could you explain to me how this facial shield with a ton of space on the sides of it that doesn't fully cover where my mouth is, can you explain to me how that's going to prevent air from going around? You did she too could, much. She could not. Yeah. But no, but she couldn't. So can I tell you what? Most people are probably listening being like, okay, I either walked out or I was told to leave, right? No. Yeah. I actually... One, I quote one, she said, fine, whatever, just take a seat and get your nails done. And I said, wow. that's right. I said, that's right. Thank you. I will get my nails done. And then guess what? I, she was so embarrassed to make eye contact with me after that. I had nothing to be ashamed of because here I was following the science. I was just asking her questions and she couldn't answer them. And I, you know what? The nail technician was lovely. She did not push back. She wasn't scared of me. I gave her a lovely 25% tip. She did a fantastic job. And then I never went there again. It's interesting. I I don't... There's something about a nail salon when I go. This is totally off topic. Even if they do a horrible job or they, they say, oh, do you like the color? I And I hate it. I will just be like, yeah, I love it. It's great. So I wouldn't be able to sit there in that environment after having that kind of an altercation and enjoy the process of getting my nails done. So kudos to you. Thank you. Well, I will <laughs> admit, I, it winning. was that there was a thick tension in the air that you could cut with a knife. But at the same time, I had to, sometimes that's how you have to teach lessons to people. Is I was just going to say, you did a favor. I think you did a favor for her of like just getting her to come out of her bubble and just be like, hmm, does this really make sense? So good, good for you. You're doing Thank the work you. and doing the work. That, that was a long story. I have a very, very, very short story. So um, basically when I went to the hospital to, um, you know, have my uh, induction that obviously didn't go over well, there was an, a labor and delivery nurse who was very by the book, but my OB was very lovely and she right. actually used a lot of common sense, which was really cool to see. Um, but my L&D nurse was like, oh, it's hospital policy that you can either take a COVID test or wear a mask. And normally I'd be like, sure, whatever, we'll take the COVID test. The thing is, Eric and I, I don't even know if I mentioned this in my birth story, we both got COVID like I want to say a week before uh, my induction. It, it was just like a really bad flu. And oh my you know, God. no, it had to have been worse. You were pregnant. That means that you're, you <laughs> no, know, right? you're going to get the worst of it. I know. And I, exactly. And it was literally just a really bad flu. And Eric had it way worse than I did. Um, and we were both just really tired mm. and we lost our sense of taste and smell for a few days. You did? But wow. anyway. Yes, but um, I wasn't scared. I wasn't scared for me or the baby. I knew we were going to be fine. But fast forward to when we were in the hospital and they they made us feel like we had to choose between either a COVID test and it, by the way, I was like, okay, so what happens if we test positive? I knew it, there was a chance it would be positive because those tests are right. not foolproof. Yeah. And I knew that we weren't contagious anymore. Oh yeah, no, it was exactly 10 days after we got COVID mm -hmm. when we're in the hospital. So I knew we were probably fine. And they're like, well, if it tests positive, then both of you have to wear a mask like the entire time, including labor. I said, we're not going to be doing that. I said, we got COVID 10 days ago. We feel fine now. And you told her. 
I know I told her, but the point is I put my foot down and I also said this, which I learned from down to birth, one of our other favorite podcasts I learned. And this was really empowering that hospital policy is not the law, right? So hospital policy is there not to protect you. It's to protect the hospital from liabilities, but you still have rights as the patient. And by the way, I just told her point blank. I said, listen, your hospital policy is for you guys, not for us. We're not going to be taking any COVID tests. And also we're definitely not going to be wearing masks. Wow. But but here's what else I told you. And I'm not kidding. What did she say? She was shocked. She actually then kind of like ignored me. She was really sweet, but she kind of like ignored me, walked away and said, well, I'm going to have to talk to your doctor about that because that's out of our protocol. I said, go for it. I said, so then I told her, I said, you are more than welcome to wear a mask yourself, whatever you need to do to make yourself feel more protected, but I'm not going to be wearing a mask. I have no idea how long we're going to be here. This could be a really long induction and I need to breathe fresh as fresh air as possible. Possible. Oh my and, God. Um, we're not I'm rooting be for up. you. Thank you. And, amazing. Good and, for you. And guys, How did you feel? I felt so empowered because also it just yeah. shows there's no cons. When they tell you hospital policy, blah, 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 there are no consequences. Were we kicked out? No. Did security come? No. Did they no. pin us down and force a mask on? No. They want you to think that so you comply, but that is not the case. Wow, good for you. I'm so impressed by you for saying that. That was thank you. I'm just over the cool. BS. I'm tired yeah. of the nonsense. You know? Yeah. We are. We are tired of the nonsense. So let's get into some of the stories because this was supposed okay. to be a mini sode, and I think we're dragging on for a really long time. So. <laughs> I know uh, it's, it's hard with us to be mini. Okay, so let yeah. me pull up some of these crazy responses that you all submitted from Instagram. Alrighty. So it is about And we wearing... did get permission from this yes. mama to share this fiery story. So we did. Yes. We would never share stories without any of y'all's permission. Um so you don't know, be strangers. Informed consent. Absolutely, which we actually do, unlike some doctors. Yeah. Okay, here's what she says. I had an appointment to get fitted for a CPAP mid-COVID here in Oregon, where they st- where they stopped all surgeries, still require masking in hospital, doctor offices, pharmacies, labs, and it's not going away. I told the office wow. when I set the appointment, I couldn't mask due to last trauma and medically. My doctor gave me a note to present if pressed. And I'd be coming with my service dog and they said, okay, booked the appointment. I show up, I have this woman start screaming at me as soon as I walk in the door to mask up and how they have people with COPD there and I'm killing them. Mm. So this woman keeps screaming at me, refuses to look at my letter from my doctor, and then starts in about my service dog being there because she wasn't winning over the mask issue. Mm -hmm. I just told her I'm done with her and I'm going to my appointment. In Oregon, they had screeners at the entry, so you had to deal with these people. I even pointed to their sign saying, if you can't mask to a disability, to let them know that's Mm -hmm. why. So I go to the office on the second floor. I explained to the receptionist what happened, asked their policy, and she said, yes, I didn't have to wear one. I wait an hour for my appointment, and then they come out, three women to tell me they're refusing me service because (gasps) I can't mask. Yep. And they have a sterile environment in the back room where I'd be trying on a sleep mask as I can't have anything that covers my mouth. It basically had to be one that went only in my nose. And because of my refusal to mask and my service dog being there, they're refusing to see me because they had others there who had COPD. Oh, my gosh. So then it, it gets more wild. Then she says, I was like, I have medical reasons to not wear one. 
you had me drive an hour to get here to treat me this way? They said, yes. Then they tossed a bag with the CPAP machine in it at me, literally. Oh. And told me, get a load of it. They told me to watch YouTube videos and oh. figure it out myself, giving me a mask that one was too small and two covered my mouth. She So then oh, she goes on to say, God. yeah. I filed I filed a state civil rights complaint and won. The Good clinic screwed, yeah. The clinic screwed themselves royal and they kept changing their stories and I got an attorney. They let they um ended up settling with me for $35,000 and wanted me to remove my Google review and I told them no. LOL. I know. Not unless they pay me $2,000 in Dutch Brothers gift card, local coffee place. And they said, <laughs> no. So I said, I guess I'll leave it up. My attorney was losing his SHIT. He thought it was hilarious. Thank you uh, for making our day with that story. And congratulations. Wow. But first of all, also very traumatizing, I'm sure, for her. Because yeah. she's got a situation where she needs her dog there. She's just kind of treated like she's you know, patient zero. And it's crazy because you know what? She probably didn't even have COVID, which is what all of this stuff was in designed and, you know, put in place to prevent. So for yep. the fact that she was treated that way, likely not coming in with COVID, it's just crazy. And that just goes to show how, and like what another part is that this whole masking social policy invites everyone to be an expert all of a sudden mm -hmm. like you said the, the gals at the front desk at your dentist oh and oh the mask police it's like yes. guys who made you the authority you have no idea what you're talking about just like the rest yeah. of us <laughs> yeah yeah the mask police um mm -hmm. it, it is really a virtue signal so i want to see if we have some other quick responses we can give here um okay so in regard to when you had to, when you were asked to wear a mask or told to wear a mask. Oh, the girl in New York City. Yeah. Do you have that one? Yeah. She said, okay. in, here, here in New York City, you have to wear a mask to enter the hospital. My mom was in the hospital for three and a half weeks after heart surgery. Every visitor is required to wear a mask. I said, wow, is that the case now still in New York City? Yes. They hand out masks and you're expected to wear one your entire visit. Uh, she's, she quotes the hospital. I'll leave that part out. Um, she wasn't permitted to enter because she didn't have proof of vaccination. Jeez. Like that's crazy too. And she said they don't mince words either. You're told by nurses and doctors and hospital staff that you're selfish. People laugh at you. You're treated as a pariah. Who would have thought that those who believe in medical freedom would experience such very real persecution? She yeah, that's what it mother's, is. Yeah, my mother's doctor spoke to me with such condescension when I said my mother did not need a flu shot and a COVID booster. Her mom is 72 and had quadruple bypass surgery and was miserable. Like you're going to, these people who now know, by the way, the vaccine, it's, now it's proof out there about the myocarditis issue. You're mm -hmm. going to suggest a woman who had a quadruple, I mean, that's a, that's a whole another issue but anyway yeah it's still crazy out there so we did a poll of all our followers there was literally only one person who thought that children should be masked and i think if they were masked it would just be at airports and hospitals 
we, I mean, April and I feel very passionately children should not be masked. Um, first of all, children have such, there's such a low risk for them in the first place when you catch COVID. It's effectively 0% that children die of COVID. And most kids are actually asymptomatic. Um, and if kids do get symptoms, they're usually recovered quite quickly or they're very mild. So to mask a child, especially with the data and science we have out there now, three years after this whole thing began, is a very extreme and extremely yeah. unnecessary and just wrong. And it strips the children too. Like the, we, we live in a generation now, at least for me, when I go to a grocery store, like teenagers don't know how to talk with adults like they just don't yeah and that's going to continue because well there's a lot of reasons right with social media and the short form you know way we're used to communicating via text and whatever but these these toddlers these preschool children these young children they rely on social cues from adults and others yeah. to learn and to co-regulate and when we're robbing them of being able to see facial reaction and it, it i think that's going to show some long-term damage when we see this next generation turn into teenagers and adults like we're going to see how how royally we up there yeah it's like a double whammy right because the kids are constantly looking down at their devices that they have at way too young of ages so they're looking at tiktok instead of interacting with the other kids like when the school bus comes in front of our house in the morning there's always these four so kids that are 10 years old and instead of talking to one another they literally are all looking down. So they're gonna have neck and back problems. They are already addicted to watching social media videos. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, for, for the kids who are, little kids who are masking, they can't read lips. Right. Yeah, and you wonder why some of these toddlers are, you know, nonverbal. It's like, well, yeah. Duh. They don't, they're, what opportunities have they been given? Yeah, they've literally been, there's a cloth mask on their face. So how can they practice talking and, and really understand yeah. what adults are saying? So that's that. Um, I just yeah. have one other, if, if there's time, I know it's a mini yeah. show, but one other really quick anecdote. All right. Yeah. So briefly, there's really an incredible, um, reputable hospital a few minutes away from us. And just quickly went in and out there, had to check up on something, not a big deal at all. But the point is there's signs everywhere, like outside the doors and the front, you're reminded at every step of the way that you must wear your mask in order to enter the hospital. And I see hospital employees, they're leaving there, they still have their masks on outside, like everyone has a mask. And I just thought as a social experiment, well, I'm going to walk in there and I'm not going to wear a mask. Mm. Um, and, and if I'm asked to, I'm just going to very politely and civilly decline, like I'm not going to put up a fight, I'm just gonna be very nice. Yeah. So here's what happened. I'm going to tell you step by step what happened. I I walk in and there's a there's like three security guards manning up the front and they're actually really nice and even though there's signs in all caps like you you must wear a mask to move beyond this point I didn't wear one I didn't even apologize or explain preemptively I just I I pretended like I didn't even see the sign the security guards did not ask me to put on a mask I was like okay okay this isn't so bad go on the elevator get up to the third floor now there's a solo security guard manning the front before you get into a suite. And he says to me, uh, ma'am, ma'am, you, you know, you're going to have to put a mask on before you go over here to suite, you know, 309. And I said, I was really nice. And I spoke really slowly. I said, oh, you know, I actually have a condition that prevents me from wearing a mask today. Mm -hmm. I said it like that, like in a really yeah. sweet tone. And he, 
he looked surprised at first, but he wasn't angry. He said, oh, okay, well, um, in that case, you're going to have to tell the, the receptionist at the front desk what your condition is why you can't wear the mask. You're going to have to explain to them why you can't wear it. And you're going to have to see if they let you in. They, they probably won't. I said, okay, thank you. I said, wow. okay, I hope you have a nice day. So guess what happens then? I walk in, you know, you see the plexiglass, but there's still yeah. space on the side of the plexiglass. Yeah. And then they're wearing, the receptionists are wearing the mask. And again, there's signage everywhere, posters. I still don't offer to put one on. They From that point onward, I was never asked to put the mask on. Wow. Um, not not even once. So only one security guard did. But it was devastating because I did see a dad bring in his daughter who looked about two years old and she had a mask on. And the dad um, did or didn't? He did, too. He did, too. Okay. Um, so that really de- I would never put a mask on my child for any no. reason at all. No. Um, and then the person we saw was wearing a mask. And we saw her for like 30 minutes. And not once did she ask me to put mine on. So I just yeah. want to say that that was a fascinating experiment in human psychology that is a fascinating experience especially with the cdc rolling back the guideline of having to wear it it's like why are we still why are we still seeing signs i think i've been so far outside of like the normie society like going to the doctor and stuff i go to my you know crunchy people so i i haven't been exposed to that like i haven't seen it there's nowhere in my area that i've been required to wear a mask Yes. And for and quite some time. Right, exactly. So we're lucky. But in Oregon, man. Whoop. Okay, so I know this All was right. supposed to be a mini-sode. It, it is hard to keep things many with us. We we have a lot of opinions. and We have a lot to say. Yeah, so maybe it's no say. longer a mini-sode. It's just a mask episode. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but I do want to encourage listeners as we wrap, if you're still hanging out with us, Please send us your ideas of what you want to hear. So we we made the poll. We made the mask episode. Probably not something we would have talked about otherwise. If there are other topics that you would like us to address, please let us know uh, via our Instagram DMs or email us at momsofftherecordpod at gmail. We want to hear from you. We want to talk about the things that you want to hear. So yes. with that, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing your stories with us and allowing us to share them as well.